is that? Because we're filled with the flesh, not filled with the spirit. We're functioning out of the flesh, out of the carnal man, instead of out of the spiritual man. So how do you know that? I read Facebook. <laughs> Once in a while, till I just can't stand it anymore. And I get so sick, I have to go out and pray in the Holy Ghost and say, my God in heaven, where is the witness? I'll be real honest with you. This is why James writes this book, by the way. It's probably the earliest New Testament book that was written. It was written around 48 A.D. And uh, it was written by James, which, who was Jesus' natural brother, actually foster, or half-brother, I guess. He was brother Joseph, or, uh, fathered by Joseph. But Anyway, but he became one of the leaders of the church in Jerusalem. And we're told that, J- that James didn't even believe that Jesus was the Messiah. He was with his whole family thinking he'd lost his mind, thinking that Jesus had lost his mind. And when they came to Jesus and they said, your brethren, your mother and your brethren are outside. He said, who is my mother? Who are, who are my brothers? They all thought he'd lost his mind because of what he was teaching and what he was saying about himself. So they weren't even believers at this point. They were his natural kin, but not his supernatural kin. How many of you know you could be natural kin to some? You can be a natural Jew. But Jesus said in John chapter 3, unless you're born again, you can't even enter into the kingdom of God. Amen? And so the truth is, and Rusty dealt with this you know, very well last week when dealing with you can be in the church but not of it. You can go to the gym and never partake in it. And I was thinking this earlier, and I'm going to come back to this, but Sister Jeannie, I was watching Jeannie run up down here with this flag, and I, I know the testimony. Uh, but she'll tell you the testimony. She came from a religious background. Wasn't, she wasn't a believer. She was a believer, but we were just a little bit different than the traditions that she came from. And Brother Ron was the worship leader, and he loved to go. And we get in. He said, why does he do that? Because you feel the leading of the Holy Ghost. Let, let me tell you something. When you get in a current and you're, and you're canoeing, the best place to do is get in a current and stay with it. Amen. People want us to jump out of the Holy Ghost current and jump into some religious preference that they have. Because we'd rather follow, follow our tradition like us. You say, I want to give, I want, I'm not going to give God what he wants. I'm going to give him what I think he wants. And so we get in the way of the Holy Ghost leading because we, we're going, not that way, Moses, this way. The church does that. Puts pressure on the worship team. Puts pressure on the pastor. You know, why aren't you going to preach on this? Why aren't you going to preach on this? Everybody's trying to lead the, lead the leaders. When the leaders are supposed to be seeking the face of God and following him, the, what's the problem, pastor? You don't believe in your leadership. You really don't have confidence that, and you have not prayed. <laughs> I'm just going to be honest. You have not prayed from the heart with faith, believing in and willing then to obey that God will give the leadership the direction they need for the church, for the service, for the worship, for the word. Everybody wants to be their pastor. They want to pastor the church. Everybody, you know, we we have a nature in us as carnal people to be backseat drivers. We all know a better way to get there. (laughs) But when the Holy Ghost is leading, he's showing somebody back on GPS. Yes, that's normally the road you would go, but it's it's under construction. There's a thing that says detour. It's not rabbit trails sometimes. It's actually the trail the Holy Ghost is leading because he has to go into Samaria to win a woman there that the church won't talk to. But we're, no, we're more worried about what we want. We want a fish sandwich. It's noon. What about the Samaritan woman that's bleeding and dying or, you know, the Jericho man's bleeding and dying? Well, we got to get where we're going. What is that? That could be someplace in the program. Could be with some appointment that's more important than meeting with God. You know this big uh, 
what do you call that? Uh, the solar eclipse is coming across our nation. Gonna, seven years from now, it's going to happen again. And uh, there is a real probability, scientifically, that it actually could cause the plates of the earth, because it's actually happened before they went back in history and chested the times when these particular things happened, where the plates in the earth shift, and it's right over the Madrid Fault. The Madrid fault. And actually, this country could be, could be, I'm not saying it is, and they're not saying it is, but it's very possible this, that this continent could be separated in three places, in three different pieces, in, to the west, to the east, and to the north, which would cause floods, power outages, food shortages, multiple, I mean, multitudes of deaths, Highway system would be disrupted. So what are you saying all that for? The question is, are you ready for it? If it did happen, are you ready? What if Jesus comes tomorrow? Most of you say, my God in heaven, I hope it's not tomorrow. I got stuff I got to get right. That's a bad place to be. That's a bad place to be. For the, God has not given us the spirit of fear, right? And so, amen, if we're ready to meet the Lord, we don't have to fear anything. And being ready to meet the Lord does take the blood of Jesus. It does take the power of the Holy Spirit. It does take the walk, uh, walk of love. Amen. And, and it's walking uh, in a place of preparedness. And not just for me. And I know I'm, ra- I'm not rambling here. I'm just quoting and not going by traditional sermonology. But I'm going to go back to this. But it's also uh, the, the lack of passion for a lost world. The prayer life of the church for most part in America... If, I would, if people were honest, they spend very, very little time praying for the world that they don't know. They're out of sight and out of mind. We're just praying for a better job, better house, better health, bless my kids, send them to the right college. And those things are all wonderful. But are we giving God what he wants? The house of prayer that he's looking for is it for us to pray for our material needs to be met. He says, no, be anxious for nothing. But let all requests be known unto God with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Well, how come that doesn't happen? Because most of us aren't contented. We're covetous. We can't thank God for something because we always want something else. So what's that say? It says we're more carnal than Christ-like in our hearts and minds. That's just where the church. So, well, I don't like this. Well, you know what? You can drown where you're at then. I'm, I'm being serious here. People are drowning and don't know it. Somebody throws them a life jacket and they cuss the guy that hit them in the head with a life jacket trying to save their life. Do you realize that you are drowning, nitwit? And sometimes we need a wake-up call. That's what Jesus did with the whole nation of Israel. When he came and he presented, he walked in there. He was giving them a wake-up call. You are not even ready. How do I know this? Because I'm going to destroy this whole city. Well, did God destroy it? Yes, he did. He allowed it to happen. Why did he do it? Because they worshipped the place rather than the person that created it. Thank you, brother. <laughs> Another guy was listening a couple weeks ago. Thank you. Appreciate that. Uh, yeah. PowerPoints in the Holy Ghost. Mm. Being led by the Spirit. He's okay. Being led by the Spirit. Being led by the Spirit. Being led by the Spirit. I was thinking this morning while I was down here. If I could just do this, I'll go back into this. If I could just do this, I was praying. I was down here praying, and Brother Ron preached a fantastic, well, taught, preached, declared, shared, and a great message. Men's, by the way, if you don't come to men's meeting on Saturday once a month, man, you're missing a great opportunity to get strengthened in the Lord, to pray with other men that care about you, 
I mean, get some of some of the, get rid of some of the junk that you don't want to let anybody know you got, or just be. Here's what I was thinking down here. I was thinking about revival. The Holy Spirit is in the Old Testament. It says, if you'll return to me, I'll return to you, says God. Yeah. I've already, but we kind of been hinting around some of this. James chapter 4, verse 8, draw near to God, and he'll draw near to you. What's the implication? The implication is you've drawn away from God. Yeah. And he said, if you draw near to him, what is it? That's Old Testament. Return to me, and I'll return to you. If you seek me with all of your heart, you will find me. Amen. We do have a responsibility before God to listen to his Holy Spirit. He gives us the ability to listen and to hear the Holy Spirit. And then he gives us a, there's, there's actually a, uh, what's the word that I'm looking for? Well, God has a desire. Why would he ask us to listen? Why would he ask us to listen? Because he wants to talk to us. He wants to talk to us. Why does he want to talk to us? It's about relationship. Why does he want to talk to us? About fellowship. What else is it about? Matthew 28, 19. What else is it about? Being his disciples, but going about the Father's business. He's partnered with us. He's called us to partner with him in what he's doing, which is what he's doing. He's, he's trying to reveal himself to the world. Why? Because everybody that's in the world, when I say in the, you're either in Christ or you're out of Christ. If you're out of Christ, you're in the world. You're either in the world or out of Christ. Well, the world's already got a judgment passed on it. Everything that's in the world is going to pass away, including the people that are in it if they don't know Christ. The only thing that's going to be eternal are the things that are in Christ. So if you're out of Christ, you have no hope of eternal life. None. So that's hard, Pastor. Oh, it's the truth. I'm sorry. I, just, I know we can't handle the truth anymore in America. It's not politically correct. We're not trying to be politically correct. We're, 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 we're trying to be biblically correct. And now, the, my, my title is going to be, Who Are You Following? Who are you following? Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. Know my voice. And they hear my voice. And what? You got to know it in one place and hear it in another place. And why does he do it? Why does he speak to us? You just said it. To follow him. He wants us to follow him. Now, it's in your daily life. Uh, the church, in, in a many, many cases, in, in a lot, of, not just in this world, but around the world, they come to a church service on Sunday, much like the Jews did, that they come and, and they, they hear, but yet we don't obey. Our, object is, our objective for coming to church is not to be transformed, it's to be entertained. Oh, I just love that church. Well, I just love their music. I love the enthusiasm of that pastor. His message is just so easy to follow. Jesus goes, I speak in parables so they can't hear me. <laughs> what have we gotten ourselves into? Who have we yielded our thought life to? Our belief system to? Are we even scripturally... Uh, not, not astute, astute is, but the point is, is I, I think we have to go to the Word, of course, and, and, and then beyond that, though, Lynn just listened, uh, looked it up for me in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, where it says uh, that Jesus has been made a quickening spirit to us. In other words, a, a, a resurrection life spirit to us that brings new life into us so that we can be new people. Amen. Amen. Born again of His Word, 
baptized in his spirit, baptized in water, submit, symbolizing I'm done with the world. I, I, was, I'm a, I was a part of the world. I was worthy to be judged and found guilty of sin. All of sin, all fallen short of the glory of God, Romans chapter 3. And <clears throat> I'm buried to signify that I am dead to that life because I died with Christ. Why? Because I'm one of his. Amen. Amen. We might have been in Egypt <laughs> and under bondage, but God brought us out of that bondage in Christ. That if we're in Christ, and Christ is right. How many of you know if you're in a submarine, somebody picks a submarine up on top of the water, you go with it? So what happened when you become a believer. You're either, everybody say this with me. I'm either in Christ or I'm out of Christ. I'm either following Christ or I'm following the flesh, which is ruled by the God of this world, the lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, pride of life. Has nothing to do with God, has everything to do with me. That makes me an idolater. I worship me above God. See, when your opinion becomes more important than God's will, you are, you are your own idol. I am my, I shouldn't say you, we are our own idol. So what is God looking for? <clears throat> He's looking for living sacrifices. Well, I have to sacrifice my life for Jesus sacrificed his life for me, didn't he? Yes, he did. So you would give your life to him. For what? To become, here, we're going to see it, James chapter 1. James, a, I'm reading for the New International Version just because I like the way it read. i got the King James up here in case anybody can't believe the Word of God. Unless it comes out of the King James, you can come up and read it. Uh, James, the servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's, what's, the, what's the first implication here? Okay, first of all, he identifies himself with the fleshly person. I'm James. That's who I am. I'm, I'm Jesus' brother. I'm James. You're, you've heard stories about it. I'm James. But I don't want you to think of me as James, the one that didn't believe Jesus till after he was raised from the dead. I just want you to, you know, I'm just James. I love this because he says he's not Apostle James. Apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastors, and teachers are what we are called to do. It's not who we are. I've had people get ticked off at me in a pastor's meeting because I introduced them by their first name instead of I am prophet so-and-so, I am elder so-and-so, I am bishop so Nobody asked me to take my crown off and throw it at your feet. <laughs> it's important. We need to reverence those that God has gifted to bring the church to maturity. Ephesians chapter 4. Is it 4? Am I right? Is it Ephesians 4? God has set some in the church. They're his setting. They're like settings in a ring. They're like the Urim and the Thurim. He's the one that sets them in the church. He forms them. He fashions them. He cuts them out, and he sets them in the church for the perfecting of the saints, maturing the saints. What's that mean? You're not mature. Well, I'm out of here. You're immature. You're immature. When God puts out your immaturity and you get hacked off about it, you're immature. I'm immature. I know it's good, Caleb. Thank you, brother. Because <laughs> I didn't come up with it. The Holy Ghost did. That's how I know it's good. God is good and his mercy endures forever. He's, got all, he's good all the time. Amen. Whether I agree with him or not, I'm still a little hot, guys. I'm talking about my volume here. I'm not talking about 
I have to explain that to Lynn once in a while. She thinks I'm putting myself out there, but I'm not. I just try to remain her, remind her of what she used to think I was. No. <laughs> Get away from me, old man. You used to think I was hot. <laughs> but now you're not. No, that's not true. Anyway. <laughs> I do want to be hot in a new way. I want to be on fire for God. I mean, I don't want to be lukewarm. I want to be on fire for God. I want to be hot, hot for God. So anyway, uh, help me get back on my thoughts there. Where were I? Uh, huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah, apostles, prophets. We need to reverence those people. We, we do reverence them. Uh, when I don't, yeah, we do reverence them. I mean, they represent an, a, a function and a positioning in the order of God, the government of God, God desires to govern his church. And he does put the Holy Spirit in us to, to govern every one of us individually, but he also has set some in the house or in the church. Amen? And just because a guy has a card that says he's an apostle or a woman that believes she's a prophet or, a, or a, somebody says they're a teacher, an evangelist, I mean, the proof of that is going to be in what God says they are. Not what I say they are. I, Paul, an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ, not by the will of God, not by the will of the man, a will of man, not by the will of flesh. Men didn't vote me in. It's not a political situation. We didn't vote on who they tried to do that, and then God said, No, my replacement's Paul. If you go back to the book of Acts, they chose a guy to put in place, and they didn't wait on God. Why? Because they didn't have the Holy Ghost yet. If you're following Acts chapter one, that's what they did without the Holy Spirit. When they get in the Holy Spirit, all of a sudden, God chooses what he wants done and who he wants to do it. He does it again in Acts chapter 13, the book in verse 1 uh, in the church of Antioch. He says, separate me, Paul and Barnabas, for the work that I have chosen. He goes to Ananias and says to Paul, and says to Ananias, go down and seek Saul of, Tar or Saul of Tarsus. Well, why, Lord? He's killing people. Well, it doesn't have anything. It's not on your approval. It's on my approval. He's a chosen servant of mine to go to the Gentile. See, we have to understand that whatever Burl is, whatever Jeannie is, whatever our sister back there is, and I don't know your name, looking at you, uh, what, what, that is up to God. You don't pick what you get to be. Well, I love exhorters. I think I'm going to become an exhorter. I'm going to take this test down here, and I'm going to make sure it comes out exhorter because that's what I want to be. Well, you might call yourself a hot air balloon, but you're not getting off the ground. You got to have something on the inside making you what you need to be on the outside. Thank you, Lord. That's tongues for that was good, Lord. Jesus, hallelujah. See, God is wanting to form and fashion for the perfecting of the saints. This is going back to the maturing of the saints. Maturing us, bringing us up into Christ in all things, to where we are Christ-like in the way we think, the way we act, the way we speak, the way we react, the way we respond to God. The way we respond to people when they're not like God. Hallelujah. Come on, just sing this with me. Brother, Brother Ron sang it to me yesterday, so we're going to sing it together. He's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. Now, I am that in the spirit, but you're not there yet. Paul said, not as though I've yet attained. I press towards the mark of the high calling in Christ Jesus. I'm, I'm not there yet, but I'm going to get there. Amen? It does not yet appear what we shall be, but we shall be like him when? When he comes, not when the Bible comes. Not even when the Holy Ghost comes. 
The Holy Ghost is the power to become like him, but I have to follow him in order for him to make me what I ought to be. This is good. James chapter 1. James, that's who he is in the natural, just James, just a humble old James. But then he says, man, I think he says this in humility, Brother Ron. I think this, he says this probably with tears in his eyes. Maybe, maybe with an unbelievable that God could take me and make a servant of God. James, I'm first of all a servant of God. I'm here to please him. I said I'm here to please him. Do my opinions please him? Do my judgments please him? Does my life please him? Does my family life please him? You know, what, what position am I in? Am I pleasing him on my job? Pleasing him in, in my family? Pleasing him in the congregation? Pleasing him in our community? Am I pleasing to God on Facebook? Facebook seems the only place where Christians feel like they can get naked and they're not living in sin. Facebook reveals who you are when only God is listening. How are you going to clean Facebook up? Got to clean up the vessels. At least from our part. The body of Christ has got to be different than the world. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5, 6, 7, the Sermon on the Mount, right? What's he say there? He says, you are the light. After he says, blessed are, blessed are the poor in spirit, the meek. After he says all these things, because this is what you are. And when you are this, he says what? As, as those things. You need to read it. I don't have time to read it. Today, as you be, yield yourself to the Holy Spirit, he makes you this way. And the only way, by the way, that you can do this, I'm going to go to this in just a second. Zechariah, uh, you can throw this up here, uh, Zechariah 4, 8, I think it is. Or 4, 7, somewhere around 4, 6, 7, 8. Anyway, uh, the only way this can happen is that what I just said a while ago, you must be born again. You can't just join a church and become a Christian. Christian means to be Christ-like. Well, you can function like that on the outside, but he says you have the form of godliness, but you lack the power thereof. Why? Because it takes the power of God to make you different than what you are. See, this is humility. Jesus had humility. I have myself can do nothing. That's humility. He didn't think it was robbery to become equal with God, to become just like God. What did he say? He said, I have myself can do nothing. Then he points, he gives the glory to God. He gives the glory to God. Amen. The Father within me, he's the one that's doing the work. If you're going to praise anything, praise the Father because he's the one that the good stuff is coming out of. Amen. He's the one that's allowing me to lay hands on the sick and see him recover. He's the one that's allowing me to give a word of knowledge, a word of prophecy, or work a miracle. It's God working the miracle among us. Go to chapter Mark, chapter 16, verse 20. We'll go there maybe in a minute. I'm giving you a couple scriptures yet. We'll go to Zechariah. And in, and in uh, Mark. But he says, James, a servant of God and a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. Meaning the man Christ Jesus who is the, who is the Lord of the earth. He's, the king of the, he's king of kings and lord of lords. He was, he's, he's, he's the new uh, king. Of his kingdom there shall be no end. He's a king here and he's going to be a king in eternity as well. 
And then he says to the 12 tribes, so he identifies who he is by identifying what he's called to be. And he's bold enough, Sister Helen, to actually declare it without, without fear of somebody saying, not so. What did Paul say? Follow me as I follow Christ. That's a bold, bold. Because you're opening yourself up for anybody to say, you don't like Jesus. Later on, he brings his humility. Paul actually talks about his humility because he knows, he knows he's not always like Christ. And whether you know it or not, you aren't always like Christ either. And I'm not always like I should say us. We are not. Please forgive me for saying you, you, you. I don't want to be preaching down to you. I, I, I want to be eating hot dogs with you. We're just... We all need to be eating this meat. Well, they're not hot dogs. Oh, yeah, well, they're hot because they're cleansed now by the blood of the lamb. So <laughs> Brother Ron says, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. He loves hot dogs. But anyway, praise the Lord. See, Jesus even said that. He said that the, the father with him, he does the work. He, we're just, he, he didn't make himself of any reputation. He wasn't trying to become someone that everybody looked to and said, oh, he's the man. It was God exalting him, right? What's the scripture say? Humble yourself in the sight of God. Well, how do you do that in the sight of God? Well, G Rusty talked about it last week. I'm going to come back to this. We're going to work through this. You're going to work through it until the Holy Ghost is done. Rusty dealt with it last week. Just in the sight of men, we look like we're in, uh, what are you doing like CrossFit. But he said a lot of people come to the gym and get all dressed up and never even, uh, and I've seen that happen in regular gyms. You know, they go in, everybody gets dressed. I'm going to the gym this morning, honey. Hey, praise the Lord, going to walk out. And they spend an hour and 45 minutes there and all they do is suck on coffee and talk to everybody and they never do any exercise. <laughs> and then they tell somebody, yeah, I go to the gym every morning. Yeah. That's not the question. The question is, what do you do when you get there? <laughs> and the other question is, is it doing you any good? It don't look like it's working, dude. <laughs> See, we get in the presence of the Lord through his word and through faith in his word, faith in his power and his spirit. He will make us what we ought to be. But it is a process. It is a process. So James is a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. He identifies who he is, and he's very humble. I am a servant of God. I am a servant. He's not trying to be pompous. He's not trying to be pious. He's making a declaration, actually, of, of God and his power and the grace of God that he's basically saying, once I was not a servant of God. Once I was not a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. But now I am. Praise be to God who gives us the victory. Have you thanked God lately for what he's made you to be? Or... Let me, ask, let me put it this way, because you may be in a mindset where you don't think, well, he's not made me where I want to be because you're, you're looking at all your faults, and, and we could all do that. Uh, but at, this, at the point, the point is, is when you sit there and say, no, but thank God in heaven, he's, he's accepted me in the beloved with all my faults. And he's promised me that through his power, he will work me through those things if I yield my will to him. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. That as I submit to God, he will lead me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake, Psalms 23. Amen. He's going to restore my soul. He's going to put my soul back in the position that it was before the fall. He does it. That's why I can't stand up saying, yeah. Well, I'm a pastor, prophet, evangelist, great bishop of the faith, Jack Greenwood here. Thank you. God bless you. 
Do you have a special place for me to sit? Don't you have a special water? I mean, all these people got water bottles. Don't I have a mug or something? I mean, it says, like, the most high. Church, I'm telling you, I have seen this happen. I went to a, and I'm going to tell off on, well, I was in a meeting one time when I went with my pastor, Pastor Rouse, like years ago. He took me to a great big church, runs 10,000 people. And they were having a conference up there, so everybody, everybody that was looking to become somebody, hallelujah, <laughs> they get invited up to the prophet's quarters. It's kind of like you're going to go, a badge, show a badge or something, get in this room. They got a little room there, some lights locked. And they got actually they have an armed bodyguard. Well, they were in downtown Detroit. That makes some of it. But <laughs> truth, truth. All of their body, all of their, all of their ushers and greeters and people were carrying. They had to. But the point is, and this has been years ago. <laughs> but there's a bodyguard center at the front. And if they didn't know who you or somebody you were with, you did not get in. You had to be invited in. How many of you know Jesus does that? Talks about the table and you being invited up. So anyway, we go in and, and so they come up and they, oh, who are you? And Brother Ralph says, I'm Ralph Sykes, the pastor of church in Decatur, Illinois. Oh, that's great. Oh, here's my card. What's that mean? Invite me for a meeting. I need some money. Invite me for a meeting. I'll put on a good show. Man, call Jesse. Jesse knows he's making a coffee shop. and He'll, 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 he'll promote me because I gave $100 to him last week to no, not true. Did you see him on the news? Yeah. He's a good-looking kid, man. Regardless of what his dad says about him. No, no. I... <laughs> so anyway, I get up there, and so a guy walks up, and they're all, they're all hummering around. And I'm just standing there, boy, they're all walking around in three-piece suits, man, and they're all six foot three. And here I am, my six foot one, just feeling a little short. <laughs> Why do you laugh? I don't understand these things. I don't get the joke. So, <laughs> So anyway, uh, you know, we're all sitting there looking, and I'm just standing there kind of feeling out of sorts. I don't realize that actually these are the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers according to their cards. They really are. There are some real ones there, and there's some wannabes there. And there's some who's got an ordination through the, whatever way they got it, and not necessarily had hands laid on them, but they've had a foot laid on them, and they've went out among, they went out from among them, got a card, got an ordination. Come on. Cover up the goat skin with some sheep skin and come in amongst people. <laughs> this is painfully funny, isn't it? It's painfully funny. You've all been around them. I know you have. You've seen it. And I don't mean to judge people because we all, I mean, I'm sure I've been more goat-like sometimes than I have sheep-like. I know that. My wife's, no. <laughs> she does love me, believe me. <laughs> I keep telling her this day in and day out. You love me, honey. You love me. Remember, you love me. <laughs> anyway, he comes up to me and he says, so this, guy, this, is, this is verbatim what this guy says to me. I'm carrying Ralph's briefcase, so I really look like I'm somebody. I, got, I mean, I got, Ralph made sure I had a nice suit on, nice tie, and I was looking really good. And so I went in there and he walks up to me and he goes, so who are you? I'm Jack Green. He says, no, I mean, what are you? What do you do? And I went, well, I carry his bags. <laughs> I, I'm serious. That's what I said. And you know what he did with the two guys that were with him? It's like the three musketeers. They all went and just walked away from me and went and found somebody that they knew was somebody. How many of you know that their love wasn't sincere? They don't want to know who I am. They don't want to get to know me. They don't want to say, bless are you, brother. They want to know somebody because, look, these are milkers. 
They just find an udder to squeeze on. But they're after something, and it has nothing to do with the Holy Ghost. That's my opinion. I probably judged. I fell right into Romans. Please forgive me, Father. I have sinned. But anyway, I, James, the servant of God, he's humble. He's not boasting. And I'm a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes. In other words, to the whole body of Christ. It's not just to one church. It's to the whole body. The, the 12 tribes are scattered amongst the, the nations. And he's not just talking about Jewish people here. Because the scripture says that, that uh, all of Israel is not Israel. Those that are of faith are truly in Israel. They're Abraham's children. Those people that are of faith. Not, not every Jew is going to go to heaven. Not every Gentile is going to go to heaven. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. And the word of faith that we preach, Paul said, is that we confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord, and we believe he was the Son of God. We believe that he died, buried, rose again. And we, 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 that's the faith that we have, and that, and that we, we are saved by faith. So anyway, let's go on down. Uh, James, the servant of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, the 12 tribes scattered among the nations. And then he tells them to, basically, I'm not going to read all this, but he tells them to consider it pure joy... My brothers, my brothers, that's cool. He's just one of the brothers. Whenever you face trials of many kinds, he didn't say if, he said when. Because you know, because you know how, that the testing of your faith is developing perseverance. Hallelujah. Jesus said he that endures to the end is going to be saved. You tie that in with the scriptures where he talked about the, the parable of the soils, the people that fell amongst the rocks, and when the heat was on, persecution came because of the word. It says that they... They dried up. They didn't make it. And that's what happens with some people. See, it's not about finding Christ and starting to follow Christ. It's continuing to follow Christ by faith, even through the valley of the shadow of death. Whatever's up ahead, Jesus is ahead of me. And if it looks really bad where I'm at, I have to say he's with me. He's behind me. He's going before me. He's upgirding me, and he never leaves me. He never forsakes me. And for whatever reason, I mean, I will continue to pray, Lord, if it's possible, if this cup pass for me, I can, I can do the things, some things the devil tries to bring on me that God doesn't want. And he'll, but there's some things that you go through that God says, it's okay because I'm working something in you that has nothing to do with this earth. It's gold. It's precious stone and silver. So he says, consider it pure joy. My brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. How many of you have said, God, just make me what you want me to be? Oh, Lord, I just want to see Jesus. I, and you sincerely mean it. How many of you mean it? Yeah, three of us. Praise the Lord. Oh, the rest of you too. Okay, that's good. Now, and then the minute you go through a trial, He's going, I, I thought you said you wanted, to make, wanted me to make a decent pot out of you. Well, then why are you leaving me in this mess? I'm forming you into the vessel. In the middle of this, yeah, the devil might be doing it, but the God is working in the middle of what the devil's doing. How many think it was the devil that crucified the Lord? Or, or, or the, not crucified the Lord, it was the devil that cut saints asunder and so forth and so on, did all that persecution. Of course it was. The devil hates the church. The book of Revelation tells you the devil dragon comes after the child and then it's born. The devil wanted to destroy us, but in his attempts to destroy us, God is allowing by his grace and his mercy and his wisdom developing us. We're not being destroyed. We're being developed. So he says, count it all pure joy. 
My brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. See, it's what you know sometimes gets you, what you're, gets you through what you're going through. If you know that God's always with you and that the devil and that none of these things can separate you from the love of God, uh, you know. Perseverance must finish its work so that you might be mature and complete. In other words, brought up into the complete image of what God called you to be. Not lacking anything. And then he says, if any of you lack wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to him. And then he says, you know, when you ask, ask. See, we all take that. We take this scripture. Well, when he asks, he must believe and not doubt because he who doubts is like. And we take that and we apply that to the car I'm looking for and the job that I'm looking for and the finances I'm looking for and the hell. It has nothing to do with that. It's talking about wisdom, how to get through what you're going through. Amen. And like this. And he goes on later and says the wisdom is from above is, 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 uh, uh, is pure and peaceable, gentle, kind, easily entreated. That's the way you're supposed to respond. That's the way you handle the situation. The wisdom is from beneath is devilish, sensual. Sensual means just doing what you want to do because you're ticked off. You want to let somebody know about it. It pleases my flesh. Boy, that felt good. Ooh. I heard a guy say one time, preacher, said, I used to love to fight. He said, I love to get hit, and I love to hit. He said, I love the feel of somebody's teeth crunching on my knuckles. He said, I looked for fights when I couldn't find one. <laughs> He's a real gentle guy now. He's big enough to, he didn't want to be gentle. He, he could throw you where he wanted to throw you. But the point is, that was sensual. It made him feel good. That's why we cuss. You cuss because it makes you feel good. Ooh, I didn't know. Man, am I glad I said that. Whew. That was the exact word I was looking for. <laughs> I'm just too, I'm too real for this congregation, I think. I. <laughs> I've never even thought of cussing. I am James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> Come quickly, Lord Jesus. I'm ready to go. I'm formed, I'm fashioned, and I am what I need to be. Now, I'm not trying to give you license to do any of these things. But I'm telling you where that, that devil comes through, the weaknesses of our flesh, and he tries to get us to get out of this position of being in the spirit and following after the flesh. And when we give our things selves to sensual things, and when I say sensual, it doesn't mean sex. Sensual things. Man, it tastes good. I eat too much. I got a cousin of mine. Went to a place where they have, I don't know, 16, 18, 20 pieces of meat. And they, they come around, big things of meat. Say, you want a slice of buffalo? I want a slice of, I don't know, I've never been there. It's 50-some dollars a plate. And they give you as much meat as you want. And they said he ate so much that he went outside and was throwing up in the bushes and had to go sit in the car and miss the whole meeting because he could not control his appetite. And he was sick for the next day or two because he gorged himself. You mean it's free? No, you pay 55 bucks for it. Well, I'm getting my money before I get out of here. Say what? Say what was that? That's my money's worth. <laughs> See, wisdom is the opposite of foolishness. Wisdom is the opposite of foolishness. And so he said, "I'm trying to tell you the wisdom that's in the Holy Ghost." And it goes down here later. I'm not going to get to that. I know I'm not. 
but it's okay. He, 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 the wisdom is from beneath. So he said, if you lack wisdom, you should ask. Us. Asking about wisdom, how do I handle this situation and still glorify the Lord in it? John chapter 15, I believe it is. Here is my Father glorified that you bear forth much fruit. When you go through the trial and the unbeliever goes through the trial, is there any glory in the way you came through it? Now, I'm not, I'm not saying just lay over. I'm not saying roll over and take it on the cheek, you know, on the chin. The devil's messing with you. I'm not talking about that. When they came and they falsely accused Jesus, what did he do? He did give them an answer. The scripture says he answered. What was the answer? He answered them not a word. <laughs> he didn't speak a word. He, he, he was going to glorify. He said, what did he pray just before he went to Calvary? He said, Lord, glorify thy name. And the Lord spoke to him and said, I have glorified it and I will glorify it again. Amen. Why? Because I know you're going to be an obedient servant of God and you're going to simply go through this asking God for wisdom, looking at it. I think that's what he was doing. This is my personal opinion. Writing on the ground. What's he doing? He's asking, how do I answer these dummies? How do I, how do I speak to these self-right? Now, God, I know you love these people. So how do I get through to them to let them know that they think they're doing the right thing, but they're really not doing the right thing? This isn't pleasing God. This isn't the form of religion that you want. This isn't pure religion. I, I think he might have been praying that. Father, show me. How do I answer these people? Oh, okay. Let you that's without sin cast the first stone. That's wisdom. They just begin to drop them one by one as the Holy Spirit convicted them. So we need to pray for wisdom on how to answer people, how to function. When they, he, the, the whole point here is dealing with trials and tribulations, not dealing with Cadillacs and jobs. And See what I'm saying? But when he asked, he must believe and not doubt, because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That man should not think that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Okay. I'm going to stop right there. I want you to jump right back to, we said we was going to go to Zechariah. Zechariah, as I say, Zechariah, chapter 4, and then we're going to end. I'm going to end. 11, 20, and I want to end. A couple of things just to think about. So how in the world is this going to get done? And this is, this is where we rest. Jesus said, come unto me, all you that are heavy laden, all you that are laden, or, or all you that labor, Okay. The whole point of the, the Jewish religion was back then was they were laboring to enter into the peace of the rest of God. They were laboring to get there, working to get there. When, when the New Testament says that it's God working in me to get me there. It's God that works in me with the will and do of his good pleasure. It's the Holy Spirit doing his work. And I simply join him in what he's doing, submitting myself to God, saying yes to the Lord, and resisting the devil and the temptation, lust of the eye, lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. And, and letting the Holy Spirit control my tongue. It's in James. You have to read it. And that's how I glorify the Lord. We glorify the Lord by being like the Lord. And the only way you can be like the Lord is John chapter 3. You must be born again. You got to be born again first by the word. That your faith is in God through Jesus Christ to make what you need to be. And then you have to have faith in God to fill you with the Holy Spirit. That's the reason why Jesus died. He said, if I don't go away. People say, why don't we need the Holy Ghost? We don't need the Holy Ghost. Well, that whole thing is just a little bit hard for me to handle. Because Jesus told go tarry in Jerusalem until you be filled with power that comes from on high. You're going to receive power. He said, not many days from now. The Holy Ghost is going to come on you, and you're going to receive power. The Holy Ghost has to come. He has into our hearts. He receive, we receive his spirit. Then he fills us with his power. Well, do I need his power? Well, of course you need his power. 
The power of the Holy Ghost is what raised Christ from the dead. And you should ask for the Holy Spirit. Scripture says, Jesus said, how much more would the Heavenly Father give the Holy Ghost to those that ask? Well, I don't have to ask. I believe on Jesus. I thought I'd get it. Ephesians chapter 19. Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? I thought I got the Holy Ghost when I believed. There's a whole bunch of problems in there. You have to ask. The word ask there means desire and expect to receive. Jesus said, I've got to go away so the Comforter can come. If it was important enough for him to die at 33 and a half years old so you could receive the Holy Ghost, who in the world is telling us that we shouldn't have to worry about receiving the Holy Ghost? He, he died so that we could receive the Holy Ghost. John says that, behold, the Lamb of God taking away the sins of the world. He says, he's coming. He's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost in fire. Acts chapter 2. All right, where was that? Zechariah chapter 4? Is that the right one? Uh, <clears throat> yeah, 6. Now, he's actually talking about building the temple of the Lord. And we know that Corinthians tells us that we are the temples of the Holy Ghost. So this is symbolic. But he's, he tells, he, they were trying to build the temple and they couldn't get the temple built. They, were, they had all kinds of trouble coming at them, people trying to attack them, trying to keep coming. And the people got hopeless that it's never going to be rebuilt. The temple's never going to be rebuilt. That's what he's dealing with. And so God comes and he says, and he gives him a vision of these two olive uh, uh, trees and the seven lampstands and so on and so on. And he says this though in verse uh, six, and this is what I want to get to. So he says to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. Now, I looked up some of the words on that and just qu I'll cl close with this. Uh, let me see where I put that. I got it on a margin one. Here we go. Uh, well, I'm not going to try to find it. I had to work the Greek words and all that stuff, or the Hebrew words. Anyway, in, in reference to what he's just said, he's referring to it's not by the power of man. He's, he's, dealing, with, uh, he's dealing with armies, governments. It's not by mental power. It's not by organizational skills. It's not by strategizing. All those things have to be done to build it. But he said, that's not how it's going to get built. It's going to get built because God's behind it, and it's my will, and I'm going to get it done. I'm going to move, what, I'm going to move the mountains that need to be moved. I'm going to bring the people that need to be brought, and I'm going to build the temple that I have designed for you to build. It's not by power. It's not by might. It's not by the strength of armies or governments or it even in, in the Greek or in the Hebrew. If you look it up, it's, it means even wealth. It's not going to be people giving you the money to build the church or whatever. He said, and Jesus deals with this. When he comes, he said, upon this rock, I will build my church. God's, Christ is going to build his church. Now, he builds his church to do what? To fill it. And he builds his church to fill it to do what? To be a witness in the world. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. So do you know who you are? Do you know whose you are? Do you know why you are? And fourthly, are you being about the Father's business? Not on Sunday morning when you put on your church clothes. Are you being about the Father's business when you're in monocles or when you're talking to somebody on the phone or you're talking to somebody on Facebook? Are you his witnesses or are you more like the world than you are like the Holy Spirit? It, it, we're going to get into this later maybe, but if you go to, and I'm going to just go ahead and go back to... Uh, to James chapter 4 8. This is what I'm telling about. I want to just go to, we're going to just, I probably won't preach on this again because it's just too much to get into. But if you go uh, chapter 3, he deals with, or in chapter 2, he deals with uh, favoritism in the church. 
He deals with, in other words, I'm going to bless this person, but I'm not going to bless that person. We like this widow, but we don't like that widow, so we're going to help her. We're not going to help her. She's black. She's white. Yeah, these are the issues we're dealing with today in America's church. Claiming to be Christians, but carrying the flag of... Anyway, look, and then he deals with faith and deeds. You know, deals with faith. You say you have faith. I have, you know, I'll show you my faith, my works. He deals with that. And then chapter 2, he deals with taming your tongue. Why does God choose to fill people with the Holy Ghost and speak in other tongues? It's the most ruly member in the, in, in the earth. It says there's no, it's the most unruly member there is. It's set on fire of hell. So why would God be choose on Acts chapter 2 to let it, the sign come of the Holy Ghost that came with fire and wind, wind and fire, and then they spoke with other tongues? It's to show that the Holy Spirit is controlling the most unruly thing that man has to deal with, which is his tongue. And so they begin to prophesy, it says. And they, 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 they prophesy. They pro- prophesy means to speak under inspiration. God is good. He's love. I told you this story before. I've spoken in tongues when I first baptized the Holy Ghost. Sound like baby talk. Or now sound like like that. I went, what's that? What in the world is that? The devil said, that wasn't the Holy Ghost. You just got caught up in the moment and all these people know you're fake. And man, I shut her down. Boom, like that. The devil comes steal, kill, and destroy. Take away from you what God means for you to have. 10, 12 years, well, it was 1980 something, 1990. I, yeah, it was 1990, I think it was, or 94. We were down in Louisville, Kentucky. Long story short, they, a big conference, and they were bringing in people from Africa, all over this. These people are from Zimbabwe, these people here from Nigeria, these people from Kenya. And every time they would come, there would be a group of people, hundreds of people, all over the congregation, there were thousands of people there. And they, they do the very thing. I turn around to Lynn. I said, that's the very thing that talked. The night I got baptized with the Holy Ghost, that's exactly what came out of my mouth. That's a, and I just saw a little mouth and a little tongue. It was lit on fire. It looked like these lights right here. And it was going. Blah, 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 blah. And somebody said, that's the Holy Ghost, brother. Let it out. They didn't know what was in my head. And so it was encouragement. So I just repeated what I was hearing. Blah, 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 blah. So I said, man, that's what they were. That's, the, that's what I was doing the night I was filled with the Holy Ghost. Well, the night I claimed I was reading. That's the night I claimed I got baptized with the Holy Ghost. Never did it since. Ever, never have done that ever since other than trying to show you what it is. And I can't even get up in the pitch that I was in. And I turned around, finally there was a guy behind me kept doing it. I said, man, are you from Africa? He said, no. But he said, we've done missions work there for years. We go over there. We're over there all the time. He said, we're over there more than we are here sometimes in the States. And I said, well, everybody. And I, so I told him, all oh, this is going on. He goes, yeah, yeah. And I said, well, what does that mean? I don't understand. So what, what are these people doing? I said, like, is it a language? He said, well, it's not like a little really language, like see the dog run. It's not that kind of thing. But it, he said, it's, it, 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 uh, communicates a, an idea to everyone that hears it and everybody understands. I said, well, what is it? He said, well, we do it like when we say that the, the king has come. When the, a new king comes into the village and the king starts approaching the village, we, we're all going, blah, 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 blah. it says, let everybody know that a new, the new king is here. No wonder the devil tried to rob me of the truth of that. Amen. He's telling me, that wasn't of God. Oh, yeah, that was of God. You don't like to hear it because you know that you're not king anymore. He's king of kings, Lord, Lord. I would really implore you and ask you with the questions, Ephesians 3, 19, have you you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Have you received the, the power of the Holy Spirit? It's the power to become his witness, the authority to become his witness in signs, wonders, and miracles. Not only the transformation of your character, but the ability to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. 
Well, all that stopped. Well, what good is the church if you're praying? Why do you pray? That, well, God doesn't heal anymore. Then why in the world would you be a hypocrite and pray for people to be healed when you don't believe that they're going to be? Well, God, don't, well, there aren't miracles anymore. Well, when the Bible's just perfect, it's come. The Bible's perfect, you know. Well, okay, well, then quit praying for a miracle. You're a hypocrite. Say one thing, do something else. If you don't believe in miracles, that's probably why you're not getting one. You've already convinced yourself God doesn't do miracles anymore, so you're praying in unbelief in the first place. God doesn't give miracles of healing. God doesn't give miracles at all. You see what I'm saying? And the devil comes in to, to uh, what's it, sow tares among the wheat. He comes in to steal, kill, and destroy, and, dis and disrupt, and, and corrupt doctrines that bring people into truth and the power of his might. Acts chapter 4, or James chapter 4, and he goes in, and two kinds of wisdom was in chapter 3. And if you go to chapter 4, he starts out by saying, here's what he says, I'm going to say this and quit. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Who are you following? That's what I'm saying. Who are we following? Whose servants are we? Are we light and salt in the earth, or are we just everything they make us to be? Well, greater is he that's in me than he is in the world. Then why isn't that power working to make you something different than the people you're hanging around with or talking with? Why is your conversation no different than theirs? Why is a spirit of hatred and violence... I'm, I'm right on board with something that Mr. Trump said the other day. I don't believe in everything he said. I think he missed a lot of things, but, you know, I've missed a lot of things, and so have you. But the point being, and I, I'm, not trying, I'm, not, I'm not trying to lift him up, but there were... Uh, do you realize there's people actually paying money to cause violence and hatred in this country, to cause the stocks to fall, like George Soros did in Greek, Brought the entire country down because he made billions of dollars in the fall of that nation. And when they asked him, why does he do it? He said, because it's fun. And then they asked him, well, what's on your agenda next? He said, the United States of America and Canada. Now, church, whose side are we on? We're either going to be a part of that which divides and conquers so that the enemy can conquer. Or we're going to be a part of that and separate ourselves unto God. Separate yourselves unto me, says the Lord. Come out from among them and be the holy. Be you holy. We don't need any more gasoline. Now, I, do we need to stand up against injustice? Yes. Do we need to stand up against hypocrisy? Yes. Do we need to stand up against racism? Yes. Do we need to stand up to, uh, against people that are making millions of dollars off of a bunch of dumb sheep that keep, people, keep putting thieves in office? And let me tell you, there's thieves in the Republicans, thieves in the Democrats, thieves in the independent office. There's thieves out there. How can you go become a part of the, uh, the, government, the governmental political system in this nation and be bankrupt when you go in and three years later you're a multimillionaire? If you were that smart, you'd have done it before you got in the government. There's something else going on. And we keep voting in them, expecting things to change for us. The only thing that's changing is things for them. They're getting richer, you're getting poorer, and you need to wake up, and we need to start praying for wisdom. What do we do about this? Some of it is wake up, and yes, there are times to go out and vote. To keep doing the same thing you've been doing always and expecting different results. They say it's a form of insanity. And then we scream and holler about what they're doing. Well, you put them in power to do it, so don't. You see what I'm saying? We as a nation, what's happening? I, I seen it when I was down here praying, and I know, I know I'm ending here. Well, let me go to it. It says, draw near unto God. God will draw near unto you. That's where I was, 4-8. I sat down here praying, and I seen a tree. I, I, I saw this in, in a teaching some time ago, and they were actually showing, it was in the Internet, that actually the way that they get these trees to produce more fruit 
is they grab it and shake that tree and they beat it with rods and it actually causes the roots to go deeper and actually becomes, makes it a more fruitful tree. And we're all going to say, what are you doing, God? I don't understand. <laughs> Trying to get some fruit out of you. Well, we're rich and have need of nothing. What do we need fruit for? Because fruit is what glorifies God. I'm not saying God can't make you rich. question is, what do you do with the money when you get it? Are you glorifying God? Or are you just saying, ah, i got a better life than I ever thought I'd ever have? Thank God that God loves you and he wants you to have a good life. But he wants you to do good with the life that he's given to you. I know this wasn't a sermon. You said, give me your three points. Give me your notes. Jesus, he ran out of paper, actually, on the Sermon on the Mount. There were thousands showed up, and he only had about 150 <laughs> outlines and fill in the blanks and all that stuff. And the PowerPoint thing was down. And the band, they couldn't find the amplifiers for the instruments. And the worship leader had uh, laryngitis. And Jesus left his briefcase at home and said, God, I couldn't remember what was the title of this message? The title, the title, the title. One of you guys name it. Okay, Sermon on the Mount. We worship idols. You will fight to the death over some of the things that I've just spoken against. And yet when the Holy Spirit moves in, you say, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. And we call ourselves the friends of God. And he goes into James and says, are you not the enemies of Christ? He's talking to the church. He's not talking to a lost world. Now, he dealt with that 2,000 years ago. The church has always had the same problems. And all that Jesus said was, it's going to get worse. Perilous times are going to come. The question is, what are you going to do in those perilous times? Are you going to be pure? Or are you going to become as perilous as they are? Now, I'm not here to condemn anybody, but I am sure here to appeal to us to say, Lord, am I really being a witness? Am I really showing forth a look? Now, Micah 6 and 8, I said it was going to go that well. Micah 6 and 8. I've shown you, oh man, what, what is good. Amen. This is what's good. Just three points. And I've also shown you what the Lord does require of you. But to love mercy, to do justly, do what's right, and walk humbly with your God. How do I do that? Submit yourself to God and resist the devil and give God what he wants, a living sacrifice. Maybe I should title this giving God what he wants. Living sacrifice is giving God what he wants. Now, boy, I'm going to tell you, don't look at me like, oh, you're such a saint. If I took my shoes off, you'd see so much mud on them. I understand. But this is the message the Holy Spirit is bringing to us today. If we love the freedoms we have in America, if we love Christ, we will risk being hated by our own brethren. When you don't side with them and you do what's right and you do it in a right way out of love and mercy... You're going to get rebuke from the people in the church. Because you're not as mean as they want you to be. You say, well, I, Carolyn, Karen, Candy, Jack, Ron, Clay, Greg, Ryan, Richard, Janice, 
Kevin, Julie, whoever. Derek, thank you, Derek, for doing what you did today. Seth being led by the Spirit. I know when the Holy Ghost said, can I? Yeah, this is the Holy Ghost. Go for it, brother. Listen, uh, I, whoever we are, I've settled with my heart. Yep. I've denied myself. Picked up this old rugged cross, and it's not always easy to carry. But I'm proud of the old rugged cross. I'm headed for the Calvary because I'm headed for resurrection. The reason why I allow the suffering, the reason why I take the persecution when I do what's pleasing unto him is because I realize he's the only one that's going to pull me out of that grave, and we're all headed there. And that's not going to be my end. That's not going to be my end. The grave is not going to be my end. Amen. Death, hell, and the grave is not going to be my end. Amen. My end is well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the kingdom that is prepared for you. Think about this. Your father has prepared a kingdom for you. Do you know whose you are? Do you know what you're supposed to be doing? And are you doing it? How do we do it? Through the power of the Holy Ghost. Well, I spoke in tongues 15 years ago. You need to speak in tongues 15 minutes ago. I'm serious. The other day, I couldn't do anything but pray in the Spirit. I prayed in the Spirit for hours, and I'm trying to brag about that. I could not get out of the Holy Ghost because I was praying about something so deep with groanings that could not be uttered. I don't know what I'm praying about. I don't know what's going on in New Zealand or Israel or Zimbabwe, but the Holy Ghost knows that He loves the whole world. He doesn't just love your children. He doesn't just love you. He doesn't just love this church. We need to be praying for the body of Christ everywhere. Every church in America. I pray every day, God, wherever people are preaching truth and love and wherever people are, are sincere in following Christ, Lord God in heaven, if they're true and uh, worshipers, they signed on for that, God, help them to prosper, fill up their churches, cause us to be a witness and help us to quicken the coming of the Lord. Did you know you can do that? It says hastening the coming of the Lord. We can actually hasten or hold back the coming of the Lord. It says when the bride has made herself ready. Why is God not coming yet? Because the bride's not made herself ready. It's part of my belief. We have a lot to do with it. Would you stand with me? I did hold you 20 minutes longer than I said I was going to. I 20 after. I said 20 after. It's now 22. 20 till. And uh, almost. And uh, the Lord bless you. Uh, yeah, just hold off if you would, Pam. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. Bless you, buddy. He does bless me. Yeah, he's doing fine. He's fine. That young man's fine. God bless him and really bless him. Prosper him. Amen. Bring all the blessings of God in his life that you want him to be, Lord. Every one of us. Help us to be made every whit whole. Inside and out, upstairs and downstairs, <laughs> and all the way through the house. Let us, God in heaven, be formed and fashioned after your image being led by the Spirit, let us walk in the Spirit. And we pray, God, help us in our weaknesses to, be, to, to, to follow the leading of your strength, to let Jesus Christ live through me. Forgive us, God, for those things that we have actually allowed in our lives that really are displeasing to you, and we've really never known it, maybe till right now, but the Holy Spirit is real. These things are not pleasing to me. It grieves the Holy Spirit. It doesn't give me it doesn't give me the glory that I'm looking for. Can you just say, thank God for loving me enough that he says, just give it to me. Yield yourselves to me. Hallelujah. Are you willing to give them up? Are you willing to lay them on the altar and say, okay, Lord, I see it. Now, Lord, 
you work those things in me that I need worked in me and bring glory and praise and honor to your name. Give me the grace, Lord, to endure the pain as I sometimes submit myself to God and do what my flesh doesn't want to do because it's pleasing to you. I pray for the love of God in my heart to just be so thankful and so joyful over God using me, saying thank you, Lord, for helping me to get over that hump and do what was pleasing to you. I know it glorifies you and it pleases me because that's really what I want to do. It's really who I want to be in Jesus' name. God bless you and God keep you. Those of you who need, I, I would really, I'd like to lay hands on anybody that wants to receive the power of the Holy Spirit. You've never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. I'd love to lay hands on you. Come believing that you might receive. How much more will the Father give the Holy Ghost to those that ask? How much more will the Father give the good gifts to those that ask? God bless you. God keep you and God gift you and grace you. Would you just find a place, if you need to pray, don't leave here when you go, boy, that, do something with what God's given you. Maybe just stay for another five minutes, three minutes. Say something in your, pray, in your chair. Come up here to the front. Pray with somebody around. Do something. But just leave being yielded to the Holy Spirit. Can you do that? Would you just yield right now your life and your time to the Holy Spirit? Amen. <clears throat> if Jesus comes five minutes from now, nothing you're worried about is worth worrying about. God bless you. God keep you. God bless you. God fill you with the Holy Ghost and me as well.